darkness rises in Cadmia. In the east, Arden and the Valiant Odyssey Adventurers Guild has faced this foe head on and come off second best. But they do have a contingency plan, one in the form of the Crown Killers, Jasui, Shavi, Drew, and Key venture westward on a secret mission given to them by Arden himself to find the elves of Almira and make contact with them as Jasui is one of the only ones who knows how to reach them. Arden hopes that these elves in the sky will give them the edge in facing the fearsome Delnak the Outcast. So they travel to Mediteri, whilst the Wild Fury occupy Undercliff, as the Knolls attack and Delnak blasts some of the members. This party draws nearer to the Dawning Tide. They need to free the Sun Arbiter in order to get their amulets of non-detection to shield their own actions from Delnak himself, who seems to have an eye everywhere. However, when they got to Mediteri, they found that this place was swarming with Heraclesian soldiers who had just liberated the territory's bridge as part of the ongoing war. It was a hostile environment, and the crown killers weren't going to get what they wanted easily. So they did what they did best. They infiltrated secretly and took everybody by surprise. They were successful in defeating the Butcher of Carilla, and they freed the Sun Arbiter, who in thanks awarded them these amulets. However, their celebration was quickly drawn short as more soldiers crashed in on their position. So the Crown Killers crashed through the Dawning Tide's back window made their way to a boat after commandeering a fisherman and his son to take them on their journey. And the last time we saw these individuals, Drew Ede, the powerful, ugly human druid, summoned the power of the ocean itself to liberate the crown killers and send them out to sea. They now float on a vessel, heading further west, to Megaris, where Jasui knows his contact for the Almiran elves lie, so he can fulfill his word to Arden Cassian and hopefully save the world. Now let's tune in to the Crown Killer's adventure on this week's episode of D&D Valiant Odyssey. You guys are being oddly sensible, it's freaking me out. Hello and welcome, dancers, to the newest episode of D&D Valiant Odyssey. Guys, I'm sitting around the table with the Crown Killers. We have Jasui, Key, Drew, and Shavi. And we're going to kick this off by them reintroducing their characters to you and answering a little question. And today, I want a name, I want race, I want class. And you are going to tell us, what is your character's useless skill? Seven, Shavi. You can choose to go first or last because you rolled the lowest. I'm going last. 
bang. So that Boom. means... I am playing Key. He's a level six shadow monk. And his most useless skill would be having an alias. Because he's the most identifiable cat there is. Because he wears shiny boots. Not anymore. Not anymore. Druid is a ugly human druid. His useless skill is, you know, when uh, you were a kid and you used to see like your weird uncle or something and he'd do that trick where he would look like make, he's making his finger come apart. It's not actually a trick for Drew because he's just got fucked hands. Yeah. <laughs> My character is Jusui Unju. He is a high elf level three rogue level three fighter. He can tie a cherry, cherry stalk in a knot with his tongue. That is not that useless. is not useless at all. Oh, That's what are you going to do with a cherry stem with a knot in it? Greetings, I am Shavi. I am a level six rogue assassin. His useless talent is that he is proficient in long swords. <laughs> <laughs> hey, wait, does that just make it a great sword for him? The sword is longer <laughs> than Shavi. So let's get this show on the road, hey? So in your wake, you guys look behind you and you can see the docks. Of Megaris. You can see what's left of the tidal wave that Drew had cast subsiding as the many Heraclesian army members are being swept away into the sea. Your skipper, a man you had rescued with bushy black eyebrows, his boy is standing next to him as he holds the stern of the boat. As you take off, you can see the sun just beginning to rise. It's probably very, very early in the morning. And there is a peace that comes over you as you look over to the cliffside and you can see the allies that you had left behind. One of them, a female Drew, is particularly interested in. Key being relaxed for the very first time after becoming attuned to this pendant and having the voices of Delnak the Outcast out of his mind, Josui as well. You guys are on the open sea. You look out and there is nothing but blue ahead of you, calm waves. Some seabirds charming above. There is a sense of fulfillment as you look behind you and see some fists shaking from the Heraclesians that you just duped. Too busy crying, leaving my new girlfriend behind. <laughs> the bird calls are matched with Drew's sobs. And as you begin sailing, you guys are taking a long rest, right? Yeah. Yeah. So everybody takes a rest. There is no below deck, so you just find a place on the deck to, to rug up and sleep. And as you do that, your captain is, is steering Shavi. You're standing next to him. And you can see Jusui sitting quite patiently, meditating as he does. Roll a perception check for me, please. 17. Okay, so looking about the horizon, you can see the odd dolphin break the surface of the water. You can see lots of schools of fish moving through as their shimmering scales are shining on the uh, under the depths of the sun. Other than that, it seems to be smooth sailing. You look towards your companion and he says to you, I can't thank you enough. You and your friends, you rescued me and my boy. What do you call yourselves? We're known as the Crown Killers. I will spread your name far and wide for I owe you a debt. All in a day's work. Now, there wasn't much talk of where we were headed, so I need a heading. Just sweet. Just sweet. you are broken from your meditation. You look around to hear the whistling of Shavi. Where are we going? We are going across the bay to Meditari. We we knew this, the savers. They are in there. This is 
Also for you, my friend. I'll make a heading. And you watch as he begins sailing. Okay. I got questions for him. You just see him with this dark hair that's sort of pushed to one side. You can see he's got these uh, really thick black bushy eyebrows. He's kind of like 30 or 40 years old in his face. All right. So you watch as just so he makes his way up the deck. How big is this boat? It is a small sloop vessel. It's probably about 30 feet long. So I go up to him at the wheel. I'm my friend. So in all the uh, hustle and bustle uh, down in the dungeon, I never learned your name. Pray tell me what uh, you were doing in the dungeon. We were fishermen. Well, I was a fisherman working the docks at Megaris. And when the Heraclesians came, they took anybody loyal to the Capitolian Empire and threw us in the threw us in the stocks. What made you so loyal to the Capitolian? Megaris had been controlled by the Capitolian Empire for as long as I've been born. And judging by how the Heraclesians treated us, I think my loyalties are well placed. And if uh, someone came along and inspired more loyalty, would you follow them with as much admiration? At the moment, I'm a man without a home. Ah. So, my home is this vessel. And I offer it to you for as long as you need for rescuing my boy and I. You didn't have to do that. Thank you, my friend. Well, uh, where's Shavi at this next point? Next to you. Oh, you're right next to me. So I'm like looking around. I'm like, oh, shit. What do you uh, think of this arrangement, my friend? I think his home might be able to be with us. I think we could uh, think of some recompense for the businessman for his troubles. Well, that all depends. See, I, I know you're called the Crown Killers. I'll learn your names eventually, but we're heading to Mediterranean, correct? Correct. That's a changed landscape. Last I heard. I've stayed mostly in the in the docks of Megaris. I haven't ventured too far out into the Demos Bay. But stories have reached my ear over the last two years or so, maybe even longer. It's been referred to as the Sea of Thieves. Well, we might feel quite at home. I think uh, this is apt, no? It's not, it's not a place where I would till my vessel frequently. And I reach in <laughs> and I flick him two gold coins. And I say, that, my friend, is uh, for services already rendered and uh, today's services. He holds them together and he says, you guys are fucking loaded, aren't you? We roll. <laughs> <laughs> and he says, I think this is going to be a good arrangement. I'll take you as far as I can go. Get some rest. You look like you all need it. And you watch as both of you go and begin your rest. We cut to Key, who is nestled up by a barrel on the side of the deck of the boat. So, yeah, Key is just, he's just sleeping on his side. He's exhausted. He did just come out of battle that nearly claimed his life. What's happening to Key, though, he is having a nightmare at this present moment. And in this nightmare, as um, dreams don't really make sense, it sort of just cuts in and out. And the parts that strongly cut in is when Key is in the arena facing the hunter. And through his eyes, he turns and looks and he's directly in front of the hunter. As the hunter moves to swing his glaive at him, he dodges it. But then the glaive comes back and hits him on the side with electricity, which absolutely floors Key. Turns Key around and he's on the ground. Paws down in the sands, he pushes himself up and turns back around. And instead of the hunter, he sees the drake from the previous battle. 
and this drake is fully charged up with his electricity and the thought goes through Key's mind just as that electricity goes out of his mouth. Why am I standing directly in front of you? And then the last thing is, is completely imbued in electricity. All there is is pain and then everything just goes black. And just like that, Key wakes up completely shocked. <gasps> Dagger, whip, wrapped around his wrist. As you look around the deck, now awake, you can see the sun is probably halfway through the morning. You look to the steering wheel and you can see Megaron, a bushy, eyebrowed gentleman, giving you a curious look, but then maintains view on the horizon. At that moment, I lock eyes with him, realize I look a little bit silly and put my hand down. I don't know who this person is yet. At this moment, I take a, I take a thought about what just happened in my nightmare. And one thing that's going through Key's mind is the electricity and the pain that comes with it. And he's terrified of electricity. And this is going to take some work, he thinks to himself. So he sits up, regains his composure, and also starts meditating. I think that might wake Drew up. He might, hey, do you want to cuddle? I'm okay, thank you, Drew. I said, good, because I have a girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> As you are within your own mind's eye, Jisui, you hear the roaring winds battering against your person. You feel the sand blistering against your skin as it blows. Underneath your feet, you can see a dry expanse, a wasteland of rock. There is a hue of red throughout your entire vision. As you look to the left and the right, you can see spears stabbed in the ground, bodies strewn across this battlefield. You hear a voice in your head that says, It can be all ours. You watch as some of the bodies begin to rise. These skeletal figures, you can see them tattered in their make and they're wielding rusty armor as they're beginning to clink forward. You see two of them moving towards you. You hear the voice say, slay them, kill. You watch as the guns at your side begin to glow red hot. Just we'd been sort of thinking something like this was going to happen purely from the sensation that he felt when he shot that slaver in the back of the head and it was a pretty good shot Jaswe doesn't feel things about death so this is something new this is something not you know normal for him so he's I'd say you could say he was on guard for something like this he's not in any imminent danger is he they're shambling towards yeah. you they look like they're about to attack you how far away they're about 15 feet so I sort of look around or Jaswe sort of looks around me. Ah, I was wondering how you were going to manifest. You watch as this red lightning just begins to crackle in these dark purple clouds above you. Almost as a confirmation of your... My friend. Or my foe. This is my mind. We can do war on this battlefield, but it is not the battlefield of your choosing. You can wage war wherever you so choose. Keep feeding these pistols. I'd appreciate you to leave me to my own devices and find out if you do enjoy what I do. We have an accord. 
Allow me to help you along the way. I'd uh, appreciate if you didn't. The help you have already provided me, sitting on my hips, is more than I need at this point in time. And I am assured that you know a mutual acquaintance of ours, Dolnak. I was unable to communicate with you whilst he resided within your consciousness. But now that he is gone, our relationship can bloom. It is yet unseen where your loyalties lie. My loyalties lie with you. When you grow, I grow. I can give you power beyond belief. I can start small. You watch as the guns begin to charge red. You watch as this electricity circles around them. And you watch as it flows over your body. You feel invigorated. You look around and you can see these creatures shambling towards you. You watch as one of them gets its sword and starts to swipe at you. What do you do? Dodge. Roll a dexterity save. 13. You watch as the sword swings by your side as you just casually dodge out of the way. But then you look towards the second one. You can see its hand beginning to charge red with fiery energy. And you watch as it blasts towards you. Does a 19 hit your AC? Yeah, it does. Okay. As you do that, you watch as this fire hits you. You're bracing for the pain and the heat. You can see the impact hitting your person, spreading around you, and then absorbing into the guns as you watch them begin to flare red as well. If I take out the guns and start blasting, <laughs> do I then owe old matey Genghis Khan motherfucker? Do I owe him? Does it ultimately eat my soul? You, you have no idea at the moment. You can ask questions right now if you want to. All right. Fuck it. I pull out the pistols and I shoot both of them in the head. Okay. Roll your regular damage. And also you watch as you go to line these pistols up, both of them begin to flare with this red fire energy. You can roll an extra 4d6 for damage. So 34. So with that shot, you watch as it hits one directly through the skull, pierces through, and as this bullet begins to spin, it engulfs in flame, hits the other, and it completely explodes across the sand. You watch as the wind calms down, the thunder begins to low, slowly rumble. You watch as the guns slowly begin to fade back to their original color, this obsidian steel. So what are the terms of this arrangement? What does these deaths give you? The more that you vanquish, stronger we get but that does not say what it costs me in my time I was the commander of a great army you could be the same in this time with my help yeah but no offense my friends but you are stuck I now live vicariously through those who wield me and that goal is conquest Jesui is just sort of looking up and thinking Conquest isn't something that he really ever looked for. More stay in the shadows and listen to things and take things that weren't his. But Conquest is pretty fucking tempting because, you know, Delnax trying to take over shit. And he got into my head. And then he gave me these pistols that turned out to be fucking haunted. And it's sort of like, well, how much could I conquer? As this confliction is moving through your head, the voice says, 
We could go as far as you would like. I thought you would have learned that I don't like that. Because obviously he's reading what I'm, my mind and I don't like that shit. How about this? I'll be a passenger in your acts. I'll gift you this power. We mutually agree to keep on the path that you're walking because it seems to me that you are moving toward a destination that is mutually beneficial. Can I roll an insight 19? Seems honest, forthright. He doesn't seem to have any sort of hidden agenda. And all you need in this arrangement is for souls to be taken by these pistols. The souls will be transferred into power for both of our gain. But this is the only thing that you require in our agreement. In our agreement, yes. I close my eyes in the dream and I say, I can, I can live with these arrangements for now. Good. In my time on this plane, I commanded legions. Everyone followed my every order. And we conquered many nations in the West. I grant you this power. I know you use it wisely. As he says that, you watch as there's this rasping. And your eyes open. As they do, you look down to the guns. You feel an energy, a charge from them. As if something's awakened. And it's at that time you look around, you can see Key nervously sort of shifting in his sleep. Alright, the sun high in the sky. Sailing through the ocean blue. Heading towards the west, towards Mediterry. After you awaken, Jisui, you look around and you can see that most of your allies are starting to begin to awaken, it being midday now. You all benefit from a long rest. As you look around, however, you watch as Megaron says to you, we're about four hours out. It won't be long now before we start to hit the reefs. Need your help to navigate them. Of course. We also need to look out for the sunken vessels. This is a ship's graveyard from here on in. We don't want to be taken by the sea. Here's a good tip. <laughs> look over the side. If you can manage it. <laughs> Pretty high. <laughs> I'm I, just, I go straight up to the uh, the bow of the boat and I look over the bow right. and start relaying what I see. All right, so roll your perception checks, guys, for your... Well, 10. 21. All right, so Key and Jusui, you guys are at the front of the ship and Drew and Shavi, you're across on the left and the right side. You see the flickers of, of fish seeming to swim by. You do see a massive blob of what looks like a sunken vessel to your left, just we. And as you and Key look at that, you can see that there is a protruding uh, piece of wood from that vessel. So you direct Megaron to move around that. As you do, however, with your perception check, you see a flash of blue scales 
and this large shadow that seems to move from that vessel underneath your boat. So I yell, what kind of animals have blue scales to Megaron? Could be a great number of things. Maybe a shark. It could be one of the haunted in the sea. Could be a merfolk. Do we leave it alone? Was it large or was it medium size or was it small? I can't remember. It was large. You may need to prepare yourselves. Shavi, you listen. Oh, we're on. Intently. And as you listen, you can hear this sound almost like a whirring in your head. And as you look down, you can see your sword is vibrating, your sword of warning. It's at that moment you guys hear this massive splash coming from the starboard side. You then watch as this blue-scaled creature emerges, this massive harpoon in his hand. You can see that there are fins coming from the face and this seaweed sort of hair coming down one side. This thing is at least three times your size. You can see that it almost dwarfs the size of the boat. You look at it and it's got these fins protruding from either side of it and it's got this netting that seems to wrap around it and you can see various trinkets and pieces of gold in its person as well. You can see kelp surrounding it and you can see this thing is just about to hoik a massive harpoon in your direction. As it does so, it throws. You hear this massive thud and you watch as this harpoon hits the side of the boat. You guys feel a jerk as it begins to pull the boat and you watch as you are hitting forward, your boat jackknifes and turns towards it and you watch then as the waves begin to crush up one side of your boat. Can you all make dexterity saves for me, please? Uh, 13. 19. 11. Not 20. Okay, so all of you seem to be okay. You watch as some of the barrels begin to tumble over to the side as well. Six points of bludgeoning damage from Oof. these <clears throat> barrels that just come bludgeoning towards you. At that, you watch as a second splashes out of the ocean around you you can see that this one seems to be a bit more burly and you can see a third come up as well and this one seems to be arcane in nature as it's crackling this lightning spell towards the boat that you seem to be on at this point we'll roll initiative so you watch as these sea creatures emerge from the depths you watch as one has their harpoon embedded in your boat so you can't really go anywhere and you watch as two others begin to emerge up as well one seemingly a spellcaster we have our initiatives and shavi so you look at these creatures, you can see they are towering. They look humanoid, but they're, they're too big to be actual humans or even merfolk. You can see their skin is this pearlescent green, almost sickly-like, and you can see they're surrounded in kelp. You have no idea what they are. You can see these fins just sort of coming off the top of them. You can see these piercing yellow eyes that just have these eyelids that blink across that seem to allow them to see under the under the water and the waves. Can I yell out at Megaron? What the fuck are these? You watch as he says, he's he's attempting to hold the boat uh, steady. And as he does so, he says, They're marrow. They're the scourge of the seas. Cool. Well, I'm firstly going to get up. So that uses half your movement. I'm assuming his harpoon thing that's connected to the boat has a chain on it. Connected to him to the boat. Correct? It sure does. Cool. Well, I'm going to get up. I'm going to use my action to dash then. So I can go my movement again. Okay, bonus action. I will do that, and I want to run along the chain of the harpoon to get to him. All right, awesome. So you watch as Shavi gets up, pushes these barrels off of him, and you hear this clunking of wood. You watch as he stands to his feet, jumps on the banister on the side, runs across it, does a flip, lands on the chain. Acrobatics check for me to see if you do. Oh, I do. Mm, 25. You begin standing and then moving uh, foot over foot, 
across to the other side of the chain. So pretty much I want to be like up at his head on his shoulders on his like reverse side. Yep. So you watch as Shavi runs up his arm, slings around the back of his shoulder by holding onto the net that seems to be wrapped around his person. And as you sit there, you're now mounted onto the back of this guy's shoulder blades as if you're riding him like a drake. Cool. You still have your action. What Excellent. would you like to do? Uh, for my action, pretty much I'm just going to make one of my short swords appear, pretty much just spinning. And as I grasp the handle, it's just going to come down into say, his neck. Go for it. Roll your attack. So I get advantage though because it's before anyone else. Yes. So the best was a 17. Definitely hit. 20 damage, please, sir. Holy shit. All right, so you stab this creature right into the side of the neck and rip it down towards its spine. And as you do, you see this black inky blood just spray across your person and this creature just reels back in pain. You watch as it jerks onto the chain again and it seems like it's trying to retrieve its harpoon. 20 points Uh, of damage is massive. Please, sir, don't do that. I need a way back. (laughs) (laughs) As you say that, just sweet, it is now your turn. Yeah, all right. So I am going to spend a grit point mm-hmm. uh, to get dead eye shot, which gives me advantage on this attack roll. You feel your weapons begin to charge as you flick them out, and you just hear this humming like this, like it's powering up. Yeah. You have four charges to spend on your gun. Each charge represents a D6. You can unload all of them into a single shot that you hit, or you can do one at a time. It's up to you. Right. Oh, Baby. Extra damage. I'm aiming at the mage uh, for this shot. Yeah, that'll do it. 26. Kapow. That's a whole lot of dice. Yeah, 21 points of damage. Oh, oh sorry. 25 points 25 of damage. 25 points of damage. Ew. So you look at your shot as it begins to charge, and all of you look towards Jasui, and you can see this red electrical energy circling around this gun that he's now using something you'd never seen before and you watch as it almost filters from his hips all the way down his arms and through the guns as he unloads this bullet of mass destruction. It seems to have done a lot more damage than Shavi's stab and that makes you feel happy, Jusui. And then <laughs> I'm the going to... the fuck have you been hiding that one, Jusui? Yeah. <laughs> it's all in my head. The green dude. Yep, who is <laughs> the muscle-bound marrow. So he's within 30 feet of the first creature. So he takes 1d6 of necrotic damage. As your new phantom ability? As whales from the grave. Four. What does your whales of the grave actually look like? Sort of like as all that energy hits, like black, green, oily, tinged sort of shimmer in the air that just sort of emanates from me and just like slaps like a motherfucker. Yeah. Yeah. So you watch as some extra damage is done necrotically to the marrow by his side and you can see these three creatures now definitely sort of weighing up their situation. So I'm using my action surge to get that second attack on the same target. I'm going to use my inspiration for advantage. That is a 17. That will hit. That is a 12 points of damage. Second shot fires off and you watch as it hits him directly into the chest. Fuck it. Well, I'm taking another shot then. 25. That will hit. That is a 9. You watch as Jasui just unloads three of these bullets into the crackling mage-looking individual, and you also see his guns begin to decharge as well after he releases these shots. Uh, It's at that point it comes to that mage's turn. It ducks under the water. The mage one moves next to its ally, rises itself above the water, and begins moving its hands around in this crackling sort of energy. You watch as it begins to take moisture in from around it, and this blue static electricity moves from its hands and it expels this lightning bolt in a straight line all the way across the stern of the ship towards Jasui and Key. Please roll a dexterity save. This is like a nightmare come true. Mm. 14. 
Uh, 21, sorry. Okay. So both of you take half of... Both of you take half 28, which is 14. Oh, no. <laughs> so at that, you watch as this lightning just crackles straight across the bow of the ship and you watch as it carves through some of the wooden decking as well. It hits Jasui, but you just dodge slightly out of the way and Key, you're just like a cat that's been hit by a spray bottle. You, <laughs> you just jump directly onto the bow of the ship and your claws dig in as, as deeply as possible uh, at the end of its turn. Submerge. Wonder how deep it can go. Hmm. At that, it brings us to Drew's turn. Awesome. Oh, babe. Seeing, seeing the mage, yeah, throw some lightning. He goes, you think that's lightning? And he goes, taste my lightning, fuckers. <laughs> and he's, as he's running towards the end of the bow, he casts Call Lightning. And it's a 60-foot cloud. It's above everyone. Okay. And then with that, I can center a point of a five-foot radius to call down the lightning. So if I put it in between the harpoon one and the mage one, because it's only five feet, is that going to hit Shavi? No. I'm trying to like hit the no. water so it gets both of them without hitting Shavi. Uh, so you can target a creature without hitting Shavi. But you do, what What does your call lightning look like? Yeah, tingly fingers, one hand straight up in the air and just, yeah, and then like a thrust down. And as you thrust down, you watch this blue lightning just crackles straight down onto your target. Uh, that's a fail or the one that's holding the harpoon. Mm-hmm. The mage one can't be targeted. Can't be targeted? Yeah, because it hits the surface of the water and will dissipate. Yeah, it doesn't go down as far as he no is. No dramas. Force, so that's eight damage. After that, yep, he is then going to continue running and jump off the boat and swan dive through the air. And you hear him go, whoop, 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 and his arms start flailing and you see him turn into a giant octopus. <laughs> All right. So oh, as yeah. you, he's going to swim underneath the water too. All right. As you begin to flail your arms about, you watch as your red beard begins to extend into legs as well. <laughs> and you watch then as you just begin to flop around, you hit the water and you hear this massive clap, almost like a body slam. And then you watch as the octopus form of Drew begins squidding down under the wave. That's You're my key. All right. So Key's having a, a mini heart attack. No, he's having a major heart attack. He just woke up from a nightmare of electricity and now he's surrounded by electricity. He's been hit by it and also his allies are casting it. Doesn't want to tell them because, you know, he doesn't want to share out his weaknesses. However, he contemplates turning around and escaping and realizes he's got nowhere to go. So he's got his claws stuck into the stuck into the boat. And he's telling us, like, keep, get together, get it together. Come on, focus. And he thinks about his his original sensei, Gaius at the shadow, the shadow temple. And he thinks to himself, where's the sun? Where is the sun? Uh, as you look, the sun is almost directly above you in the sky. Uh, shadows are probably casting on the side of the boat that the enemies are on. So I'll say it's it, there's shadows along 10 feet protruding out. Yep. These guys are casting shadows as well. Remember my training. He thinks of Tezenlis and the trainings he had on his ship. Looks at the sun. Looks at the shadows. Key finally realizes the motivation. His fear. Moves towards the shadows. Looks directly at the at the uh, creature with the heart that fired the harpoon and ra- rather than running across the chain, he concentrates really hard. And he uses shadow step for the very first time. Woo! He blinks like Nightcrawler would, like it's like a puff, inky smoke. (laughs) And it pairs right next to Shari, Shavi, 
fucking did it. I fucking did it. And then immediately, completely shocked, but straight back into it, because that was my bonus action. Yep. I therefore attack with my short sword, the autumn wind, with advantage. You do. So roll your attack with advantage. 18. 18 does hit. That's a seven. Very nice. So as you hit it with your short sword after shadow blinking. All right, wonderful. That brings us to their turn. The As the first marrow, the one that has a muscular form, moves closer to the ship, you watch as it pulls out this massive rusted harpoon that looks like a ship's anchor had been wielded into a new weapon. And he hoiks it onto the deck of the ship. He's going to try and attack Jasui. 21 to hit. Roll a strength save, please. Actually, athletics check it is. That's a seven. Okay. So you watch then as this harpoon embeds directly into your form. You take 12 points of damage and you watch as the harpoon goes through your leg and then he pulls you towards him. (laughs) You just got impaled by a whole anchor. You watch as this harpoon sitting in your leg has this barb on it and it's unable to pull through the muscle and flesh of your of your thick thigh. You watch as you get all the way towards this creature and you can smell the fishy breath of it as if it's just been eating rotten flesh and feasting on clams this whole time. You watch then as you are grappled by it, it then submerges underneath the water. With him? With him. Looks like it's up to you, Drew. (laughs) The other one, it will make two attacks. So that is a 16 to hit you, Shavi. Oh, it meets, yeah. And a 20 to hit you, Shavi. (laughs) Okay. You take 20 points of damage from two attacks. You watch as these claws begin to swipe directly over the back of his shoulder and he rakes them across your back and then he rips across as he's trying to pull you off of his back. He will now also use his movement to submerge. (laughs) Are you both holding on? He's holding on. Is the chain still connected to the boat? Yes. Nah, fuck it. Let's go swimming. (laughs) All right, so both of you grasp on as best you can. Key, you dig your claws into the muscular shoulders of this creature, and Shavi, you just hold on to the base of your short sword that's embedded into the, the clavicle of this this marrow. At that, we get to the top of the round. Shavi, it is your turn. Uh, looking around as well, underneath the water, Key and also Shavi, you begin to see what looks like the graves of sunken ships, almost like rib cages, but the, the bow and keels of, of ships that had sunken... You begin to see various sea creatures swimming in and out of these areas, and you can see them beelining towards one of the wrecks as well. All three of them seem to be going that way. Drew, you also see this in your octopus form. You can see Shavi and Key attached to the back of one of these creatures as it's swimming like a dolphin down towards these wrecks, and just swear you're just struggling against this harpoon trying to get out of the water. The dagger that's already inside him, I'm going to use my action to like play with it a bit. It's twisting. It's twisting it's pulling it's going in and out it is going mcstabby style 13 plus 7 is 20 hard to miss the stab when it's already yeah, in his so neck I'll take, I'll take the dirty 20 please 23 thank you sir Ooh, what does it look like as you kill this creature that key and yourself are attached to it is currently submerging it's like 30 feet below the surface and you can feel the pressure of the water starting to begin to press on you and you can see the sunlight not being able to protrude through this area it's getting into that deep navy blue sort of color as you're swimming around. Cool. So pretty much, yeah, as it's twisting and shanking around, you can see him sort of flailing and screeching and, well, you can't really hear him screeching. It's just bubbles and things flying everywhere. I look at Key and it's pretty much just like one, two, three with my fingers and we're just going to pretty much impale this dude and fuck him up. 
simultaneously you both sort of dagger down, stab on either side of the neck, and you watch as he does a last struggle and flail like a snake that's been hit with a shovel, and you just watch as it turns around in the ocean, you guys begin to detach yourselves from it and float in place as you watch this body fall down in murky blackness into the graves that lie below the waves. So how far down did we go? 30 feet. Cool. Can I see Drew? Roll a perception check with disadvantage. I can see what's going on, right? You can, yes, because you're an octopus. 19, 15. I would say you were able to see through the black blood mixed with the ocean, the red and green spotted octopus. Still going to use my movement and if I need to, my dash to get to Drew. Okay. As you begin swimming, uh, you are able to get just up to where Drew is. And as he begins squelching past you in the way that octopuses do, you grab onto one of his tentacles just as you get to him. You're starting to watch as you're getting that spotting in your vision (laughs) as oxygen deprived uh, occurs in your brain. All right, at the start of your next turn, if you're not surfaced, you will go unconscious. Yeah. Just sweet, you're up. Okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll let you shoot the chain and break it. Uh, dirty 20. That will hit. Roll your damage on the uh, anchor. Six. Six points of damage. You watch as you chink half of the anchor away, but the chain itself still seems to be slightly attached. Bonus action. Go for it. A 18. That will also hit. Roll your damage. 13. 13. You watch as the chain, after aiming down the sights, you watch as the gun flares this tiny little bit of red and it just absolutely uh, improves your aim. You watch as it cracks the chain and you feel a a vacuum as this creature sinks below the surface and leaves you there floating with half a harpoon out of your leg. With my shitty movement, I'm going to move 15 feet and grab onto Shavi, who has grabbed onto Drew. Gotcha. They are 30 feet below the water. Still. As are you. Oh. Because I don't have any constitution modifier. I go unconscious now. No, start of your next turn. It's a minimum of one. You have to try and grab. I will do this. So just we, as you begin swimming as well, you look behind you. You can see a pool of red blood beginning to come out of the wound that's attached to your harpoon. You grab on with what's left of your strength onto Shavi's leg and you pull on his leg. And you look at just we, Shavi, and you can see him like fading in and out of consciousness. And you can see a mess of his leg just looking really, really fucked up. Old mate's turn. All right, so at that, you watch as this lightning begins to crackle in its hands again, and it will release a line of electricity onto you. Everybody make a dexterity save, please. It's in the line. So Octopus, Drew, uh, Shavi, and Jusui. 17. 16. Great success. 16. Great success. Oh, oh thank Still damaged, though. I'm probably going to die here. You watch as this lightning begins to crackle through the uh, salt water, and as it does so, it hits you directly, and you take most of the brunt, Drew. And then it courses through the chain onto your allies. Uh, you all take 13 points of lightning damage. Can halved I have, from 26. Can I have that again? You may. For a reaction? Yeah. Yes. So halved for you again to... I'm dead. All right. Just where you immediately go unconscious. As you're just about to slip out of consciousness, you feel this baby hand just grab your wrist. <laughs> I've got and, you. And hold you with mighty strength. And you look to see Shavi and you guys lock eyes and you just fall into consciousness. You don't know how much time has passed and how much time you have. That then brings us to Drew's turn. Damn. All right, so they're 30 feet below. We're all water. 30 feet? Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Well, I believe you can get up and back. Yeah, so what I want to totally. do is, um, yeah, I'll swim. I'll, I'll literally two tentacles, one round each of them. I want to swim 10 feet up and drag them to the surface. So mm-hmm. we're still 20 feet down, but that'll be enough for me to like literally with my tentacles push them to the surface. So you watch as Drew swims to the surface. His tentacles plop above the surface, leaving Shavi and Jusui there. 
You watch as Shavi sort of swims around the back of Drew and does that safety hold. Jaswee's head is resting on Shavi's shoulder just outside of the water and you're just floating there on the surface. Swim and I'm going to uh, attack the, the mage one, orange one. Go for it. Roll your attacks. Damn it. That's only a 10. Unfortunately, we'll miss. That's it. That's it. You're going to stay within range? Yeah, I might maybe swim, sort of shield stand in the way of Shavi and Jaswee okay. in case the mage one wants to cast a spell, but not directly in line. After Drew's turn, you move to the side because you can see behind you a perfect line in between your allies and you don't want everybody to be targeted again. Mm. Uh, Key, you're up. Okay, so I should be in range. If Can I see the mage? You definitely can. Okay, so 15. 15, I'd say that you can see the outline of the mage and you definitely saw the charging blue electrical light that just hit your allies. And you can see this octopus just like eight legs floundering about in front of this creature. Okay. I will then swim to be in attacking range of the mage. Okay. This time I'll use both attack actions. I have two attack actions, everyone. You. I will attack with my short sword on the mage. All right. So one of the rolls is 16. Hit. And the other one's 14. 11. For the first. Yep. 12. Very nice. <sighs> but what does your attack look like as you pretty much zoom towards this creature underwater? Paint us the picture. I've got my, my autumn wind in hand still. And I change my hand grip and I attempt to sort of through the water with key energy, I'm able to to flawlessly sort of like embed my sword into it, into its like lower back lat of the mage. And I sort of jerk it out, like just like almost as if water's not a factor. And I'm able to do it again in the, in the other side of it. Very nice. And you get this nice arcing posture of key as you do so um, legs and arms extended i will then use my bonus action to shadow step back onto the deck of the boat where the shadows are casted what's the range 60 feet you're able to do that a purpley black shadow just begins to move around key as he dissipates in the water you watch as there is a vacuum as the water occupies the space he once did and you are dripping wet splashed onto the surface of the boat that is a hectically cool I'm so ability glad you have that now my god, if guys could see me now. I finally did it. I can do it. As you say that, you look towards this ship's uh, steering wheel and you can see that the steering wheel has now straightened up. You can see Megaron there with uh, his boy and you can see him like cradling the boy there and he's holding the vessel and he goes, one out of three. Please tell me the rest of them are alive. They're doing fine. Uh, the Mero's turn. He sees just Sui floating there lifeless and you watch from under the surface as this massive black shadow comes from underneath you as if it's surfacing, coming closer and closer. And then as you look closer into the water, Shavi, you see this harpoon just exit the water in your direction. Does a seven hit you? <laughs> All right, yeah. so you watch as the harpoon, you just move directly out of the side of the way uh, just in time and you watch then as well as the Harpoon hits the side of the boat. It's attached to the boat with uh, like a Kelpie chain attached to him. He will then pull the boat 20 feet. So the boat then jerks again and key from the surface. You stand, get your sea legs and watch as the boat then jerks again. And you guys just try to steady yourselves as best as possible. Do we get hit by the boat? That would come across to us, yeah. Good point, just sweet. <laughs> Shavi needs to... Shavi, you need to roll a dexterity save with disadvantage because you're holding just sweet. As this boat becomes closer and closer towards you, you hear the wood of the hull hulking. And as you look, you try to swim away and you're trying to get your grip, but you lose uh, grip of Jaswee and you begin to pull him back up. And The worst was 16 anyway. Okay, so Ooh. yeah, that does save. Cool. So you pull Jaswee straight back up and then you see the boat coming. You dive underneath the water, watch as it heaves over you. And then you have a choice to either pop up on the other side of the boat 
or back on the same side that you're at? No, we're staying on the same side. Okay. So you surface <laughs> on the other side and you watch as the ship is still being pulled that way, but you're definitely not damaged by it. Shavi's turn. Shavi's turn. Cool. So we're still on the surface or we're underneath you're, now? You're under the sur- You're above the surface. You're holding Jusui. At the mm-hmm. start of your turn, I'll get you to roll an athletics check to keep him up. Uh, 16 athletics. Jusui is definitely well within your thick Shavi halfling hands. Oh, yeah. You know yeah. what they say about thick hands. If I yell out to either the driver or his son... Megaron, can you please assist me with saving Jusui? Do you have some sort of floating device you can throw down? We can help Jusui. Persuasion check. 11? He looks towards Yuki, having heard it as well, and he says, Gotta look after me, boy. But we've got a boy down there. Throw it overboard. And you look towards the top of the deck, and you can see where you were nestled before. There is indeed a, a, a ring that can be used to be thrown overboard. Well, well, well. So Jusui can't float. And I'm going to use my action to use a rope or grappling hook that I've got and time to the boat. Easy enough to do. You watch as you begin to tie a rope around Jusui's waist, grapple hook him over the side, and you watch as a grapple hook key just lands directly by your feet and pulls taut onto the side of the, the railing of the boat. Jusui is now being hold. <laughs> <laughs> do my little doggy paddle over to the big blue one. All right, All right, Shavi, so you watch as you get within five feet range of this hulking creature, and to you, this is a giant thing. Everything is. The water gets warmer. The sharks come. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It's I'm hiding me. then. All right, roll a hide. All right. Roll a stealth check. I'm going to hide. We're hiding underwater in the kelp. Kelp me. 25. Shavi just ducks into the shadows of the boat, finds a bit of kelp and just wraps it around himself and just floats there lifelessly. <laughs> Hoping not to be seen. Uh, at that, we have Jusui's turn. You need to roll a death save, please. 14. It seems that you, having been tied to the boat, it has stabilized you a little bit. You watch Drew as the one in front of you begins to cast this green spell. And as it casts <laughs> this green spell, you watch as it touches its own chest and you watch as the wounds that you had previously put on it begin to heal. Damn. Sad face. I put so much damage on that motherfucker. Mm-hmm. He begins to phase in and out like the ripples in the water begin to move around him and he disappears from your view. But you okay. look around and you can't seem to see it anywhere, Drew. What I will do with my octopus form, I'm going to grab tentacles on the side of the boat, pull myself up into the boat. Oh, just tentacle. Yeah, well, yeah, I'll grab Jesui with one of my tentacles. As um, you do, you flop on, making a squelching noise, and then you watch as your last tentacle comes up holding Jesui and he flops onto the boat line yeah. as well. <laughs> I might put him right beside the edge of the boat so that mm-hmm. you know, no, none of the water guys will be able to see him from okay. there. So bonus action, turn back into a human, and I will cast Conjure Animals in the water. I'm going to summon... You know what? You're going to see another two giant octopuses. At that, you watch as these two red octopus begin swarming around the creature that you are attacking, Shavi, and you watch as well as some of the tentacles begin to wrap around its limbs. Oh, they're both just going to try and attack attack the uh, the beefy guy. The 17 and a 13. Both hit. Good. Well, then he is double restrained. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah, they instantly get restrained oh, if he lands, so... 24 damage from bats, both of them combined. So 24 damage, that is a hefty chunk. So you watch as this constriction, you hear bones beginning to crack underneath the waves, Shavi, and you can hear it just growl in pain and it sort of hurts your ears, this screechy growl, but... Uh, so at the moment, we can't see the mage one. You can roll a perception check to find Okay, I'll them. Go, I'm going to roll a perception to see if I can make out where he is. Go for it. Roll with disadvantage because it's under the water. Uh, 21. 
Okay, so looking around, trying to see this thing as best that you can, you look behind you and you can see a massive tail seem to sweep just behind the back of the boat. It's continuously moving. That's the last place you saw it. It looks like it's going to pop up behind the boat. I am going to shadow step onto the the buff one. Yep. So you watch these two octopuses begin to writhe around and then it's almost splashing on top of the surface and then that gives you enough visual to pop directly onto its person. Yep. Uh, but I have to be on its back where the shadow's casted. Yep, so that's fine. That's my bonus action and I'll have advantage on my first melee attack. I don't I worry about rolling again because that was a nat 20. Beautiful, mate. Well, Damage. 10 damage. Describe this kill shot for yeah. me, Key. As I sort of shadow step, I'm actually in a momentum where I am back to arch, short swords up, and I am using everything I've got, just go straight into the back of its neck. And I also let, allow gravity to sort of pull me down as I'm bringing my shorts. You make down. sushi of this creature as it begins to split. You watch as the black ichor surrounds you. And you, Shavi, can see Key's glowing yellow eyes through the water and through the black ichor as this creature begins to fall. Octopus, still attached to it, begin gnawing on parts of his flesh as he's falling to the floor. It becomes Shavi's turn. You look around as best that you can from your Kelpie place, trying to find any instance of danger that you can. Can you roll a perception check to see if you know where this creature has gone? 23. 23, you definitely see it. It has popped up almost directly behind the boat. First, I'm going to unroll myself out of the kelp. Then I'm going to do the little doggy paddle over to the boat. I'm going to use my grappling hook that was already there for just we to climb up. Yep. I'm going to use my bonus to dash. Mm -hmm. So you hop yourself over the railing and begin running towards the back of the boat <laughs> where you saw this creature. Yep. And I'm going to do a full six one dive straight on top of it. All right, arms outstretched. You watch as we're un we're undershotting Shavi as we look and see him just swan dive immediately onto this creature. Assassin's Creed style. What are yeah. we doing? With my action now mm -hmm. to go and give him a bit of a poke with my sharp object. The nat one, but I'm pre yeah. feeling pretty lucky. Lucky boy. You get a 15. 15 hits, just. Hit. Cool. Well, I'm popping up straight down onto his skull with my sharp object. Seven damage. Seven damage. It becomes Jusui's turn. Can you please roll a death save? Thirteen. Okay, one more success. Now that you're above the surface of the water, you're beginning to rest easily on your in your safety. It uses its last third level spell to begin charging another lightning bolt, but this time it aims directly at the back of the ship. Ooh. It's not targeting anybody in particular, and that will hit the ship. So you watch then as this lightning bolt crackles through the surface of the water. It smashes directly through the back of the, bo the boat and splinters some of the wood. You watch as it flies off into the distance. Shavi, you see it first, and you begin to hear the ship begin to creak as it starts to snap and break. It'll probably submerge. Are you going to stay attached? Yeah. All right, roll an athletics check to stay attached. 11 plus 6. So you hold on as it begins to submerge 30 feet below uh, the water and it seems to, it, it's actually directly underneath the boat now. Fun. So it swims underneath on an angle and sits about 10 to 15 feet underneath the actual bottom of the ship. <laughs> that then brings us to Drew's turn. Yeah, yeah, that's all good. Well, I might, uh, yeah, use kill wounds on just we. 
baby. Roll your healing. Do I believe is a D8 plus? Yeah, nine health. You get back. Or you're up now. Your body is smeared with ugly energy. Yeah, I'm going to cast Healing Spirits. Another one, just a little... What's the casting time on Healing Spirit? Just one bonus action. Okay, cool. Oh, bonus action. Even better. Um, Yeah, so you see a little fluffy spirit dog pops out. I'm going (laughs) to pop it next to Jessui. So how Healing Spirit works is if anyone walks within five feet of the dog, they heal 1d6. Um, and it can do that, like, I think it's five or six times. So mm-hmm. I'm going to cast it, like, on top of Jesui, and it's going to lick his face, and he's going to get two health. Anyone who goes near the dog gets health back, basically. Oh, so, Very so. good. Speaking of health. I can't see it, can I? I might. It's still pretty beefy. Actually, yeah, I'm going to run and swan dive into the water and turn into an octopus again. Okay. Actually, no, I'm going to turn into a shark this time. Yeah. I swan dive mm. over the edge, and you hear... Dun-dun. <laughs> Dun-dun. Dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun. All right, and as you dive up into the water, you turn around, and with your shark vision underwater, you don't need a check to see this creature. You can see it underneath the boat, and you can see it starting to get out a weapon as it seems to be trying to attack the bottom of the ship. Cool. Okay, cool. Uh, I'm going to swim closer to it, still probably 15 feet away from it. And then, yeah, I'm going to, same thing, two octopuses are going to go and try and uh, attack this bad boy. Go for it. Roll their attacks, please. That's a 16 and an 8. One hits. One hits, cool. And it is restrained. Mm -hmm. And that's nine damage. Key's turn as the shark now places itself in the water. You watched as Drew dove overboard. Because of my perception check last time, because the mage is now submerged again, isn't he? Mm -hmm. So am I aware um, that it's still there or I don't have any idea? I would say you think it's still there because the lightning bolt did just eject through the entire base of the ship. And then you watched Drew dive over the edge. You also probably saw the shadows of his octopus heading underneath the, the boat. Okay. Am I currently submerged or am I on a floating dead body right now? I would you say you, you're probably about five foot underneath the water where it began to sink. So, okay. So so I'm head underwater? Yeah. Okay. So because I'm underwater, I would be able to see the mage or at least shadows of yeah, the mage. Yeah. And anyway. also because of Drew's action, yep. he pretty much telegraphed where it was. Okay, cool. Well, I will use my bonus action and I will shadow step to the mage, mm-hmm. on the mage. Yep. Right next to Shavi. Hello there. General Kenobi. <laughs> That's fucking Obi-Wan Kenobi. <laughs> <laughs> I'll roll because um, I get advantage on my first. It's 20. 20 will hit. That's nine damage for my first attack. So your second attack will have advantage too. Oh, thank God, because I just rolled a one. <laughs> So you go to strike your second attack, and as you do, you feel like the resistance of the water is slowing your movement, but you watch as the octopus just pull him into uh, a, prop- a direction in front of your blade, and as you do... 16. That will hit. 13. How do you kill this creature? Ooh, yeah. Ooh, yeah. Great glee. So I'm underwater. I attack with my, with my short sword, and I sort of swing like I am with like a baseball bat. And I throw everything into it. Again, because I've got key energy sort of surrounding me, it's near flawless. Like the water's not even affecting the um, the swing. And I embed it straight into its neck. And then I yank it back out. And I go again. And this time go straight through. And his head just disconnects. And then just motion through the Blows water. Off. You watch as Excellent. its ethereal energy begins to dissipate as it sinks into the depths below. You look at the ship 
and you can see where the lightning bolt had carved an extreme gash through the bottom of the ship and you and Shavi look towards each other knowing that this ship has a limited amount of time. I'll say that you're all able to get to the surface of the water. You get onto the deck of the ship. So I'm, I'm like, Megaron, quickly, quickly, into the little dinghy. Let's get it over the side. You watch then as the boy is ushered over as well and Megaron gets to where the dinghy is. You can roll an athletics check and he will roll one too. Whilst this is happening, I'm going to yep. go for a bit of a swim. Okay. Because I remember you saying at the start, there was one of them that had like a bunch of trinkets and gold and shit on it. Yeah. I'm literally conjuring the Shavi and just swear my brain. I'm going, I'm loot goblining. All right. So you watch as the main octopus of Druid begins to uh, squelch down into the darkness. What was your athletics check? 16. Okay. So with Megaron's help, you're able to get one of the dinghies over the side of the boat. As you do, you look towards the back of the ship and you can see the back half just splits as it begins to crumble into the water. At that as well, whilst the ship is still moving, you watch as the sail begins to sway and bow and you hear a massive cracking as the side arm, the boom arm just begins to crack also. Uh, one rowboat is in the water. What would the rest of you like to do? Once I'm done loot gobliding, um, I think I might even pop up in front of the boat so I can direct them as mm-hmm. a shark. Just before I jump into the into the dinghy over the side, there's ropes all over the boat, right? You it's guys have slip. ropes, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I just grab more rope. Mm-hmm. So I grab, you know, like three coils that I see like right there and chuck them into the dinghy and I get in. Okay. And as we're in the boat, I just throw them into the water and... The octopus or the octopi, take them and they're... All right. So you watch as two of the octopus grab both of the ropes and they're just waiting there for the minute. Shavi and Key, what are you guys doing? You watch as well as Megaron and his boy get into the same boat you're in just we. How far down was the, um, you know, where those three creatures were swimming down? Mm Mm-hmm down to what you described before. Mm-hmm. How far down is that? It's about 120 feet. 120? Can they be moved by one person, those dinghies? They can be rowed by one person. What I meant was, can I move the other dinghy by myself to get it into the water? You can attempt to. Yeah. Or actually, Shavi's on board, isn't I'd he? I'd love to help. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll yell out to Shavi, go, hey, come come move this dinghy and put it into the water with me. Let's do it. Athletic checks, both of you, please. Uh, 24. 25. Okay, so both of you are able to lift this boat over your head. It is askew a bit due to Shavi's height, <laughs> but you basically loft it over your head and it lands flat in the water as it does. As you do that, you watch as the mast begins to crack and start to fall towards you guys. Roll dexterity saves for me, please. And Net one. So you guys take six points of bludgeoning damage as you watch the mast begin to fall down, crack through that half of the ship. And then you watch as that part of the ship begins to crack in half as well. You get hit by one of the boom arms that swing around and that hits you, basically submerging you under the water for a quick moment, but you resurface as the waves begin to lap. You look behind you and the ship is basically in three parts, beginning to sort of crumble as the waves begin to buffet it. It's still continuing to move forward with its momentum, but it's in pieces. Don't forget, guys, every round, every six seconds, you've got still the... Ethereal little the dog little puppy that can heal you as well. Mm-hmm. It's in the boat with me. So <laughs> can you please roll a d6 and add that to your hit point? Oh, yeah, please? of course. One. You get one hit point. It can do it another four more times. So we're out of initiative order here. So what would you guys like to do? The boat is in the water. You guys have just resurfaced after the mast had fallen down. Yeah, cool. Well, yeah, we're, uh, I would like to get into a boat first. I'm going to swim over, do the little doggy paddle into the boat. And then, yeah, let's gather everyone up with this octopus and... I suppose right. we'll go help Key as well. So all of you are now in a dinghy or under the waves looting. As the 
dinghies get pulled a safe distance away from this crumbling vessel. You watch as Megaron and his boy sit in the same boat as Jasui, Shavi and Key in the other. You watch as the boat crackles and sinks. Bubbles begin to protrude to the surface as it does so. Roll an investigation check, please, Drew. Ooh, here we go. Here we go. That is a 15. You watch as the shark and the octopus begin moving down into the depths of the ocean. As you find your way into the ship grave that you had once seen these marrow heading towards. You see other sharks begin to evacuate the holes of this ship that seems to have been long dormant at the bottom of the ocean. You look and see the body of the creature that you had attacked on its sash. You can see a variety of golden trinkets. From that, you immediately pick up 15 gold pieces. You also see some tubes that seem to be leather bound and you can see arcane sigils upon them. You can see there's two of those that you get. As you look around further into this area, deeper into the vessel, a shining glint catches your eye. You and the octopus look towards each other (laughs) and then you look towards the loot. You begin making your way into the captain's quarters of this sunken vessel and in there you find a full plate of armor that seems to be unrusted by the waves and the salt. Full plate armor, bro. (laughs) Within one of the desk drawers that seems to be broken, you sort of reef it open with your shark teeth. You snap it and you watch this wand protrude. Going straight (laughs) in the bag of holding. (laughs) And you also find five large gemstones. Two green, one red, and two blue. They're probably worth about 300 gold each. Each? I'm in... Each. Each. As you gather all this stuff together and you start putting it into the bag of holding that is lashed around the fin of your shark, <laughs> you watch as the octopus is just like nodding at you like a dude. <laughs> yeah. Like a cool <laughs> octopus. If you had a cigarette in one of his tentacles, he'd be blowing it. You begin surfacing, Drew. And as you get to the surface, you watch as the ship to your left that you were once on falls in three different pieces and rests at the bottom of the ocean. You see Ew. this dust cloud emanate through the sea. As you pop up, you can see the two dinghies, your party upon them. It's at that point, Drew, do you get back onto one of the dinghies or you stay in your form? Now I'll stay shark form until we get to the shore. We were four hours away from Mediterri by that vessel. He points to the wreck. I'm not sure how long it will take us on these. Not to mention the danger that it may pose. We're safe for now, but who knows? Well, we've sort of got octopus-driven dinghies, don't we? You could probably tow these boats at a faster pace than what you could row them, but it's probably not as fast as yeah. a sloop vessel. Is there anywhere else? Well, I can't ask him questions. Can we perceive any land nearby? Roll a perception check, Charlie. 17. 17 for you and your sweet? 28. All right. So not bo- 20. Yep. Both of you begin to survey the area. You can see off in the distance towards the west, a land mass of cliffs obscured by a cloud that you seem to note to be the direction of Mediteri that Megaris, um, Megaron had uh, indicated to you. Just sweet, as you're looking that way, however, closer towards you and closing fast, you see a red billowing sail as it seems to be approaching. It looks to be the size of a galleon vessel. Oh no. Friends? I see. I There is land to the west, but there is a uh, a pirate 
vessel from the looks of things in our way. Megaron, do you know what a red sail signifies? I know that uh, they call that place, they call Mediterry the Sea of Thieves. I guess if you have something of value, we could barter a trade. We could possibly get some safety aboard their ship. I don't know what other perils are in this ocean. I know that they're hard to navigate due to the the wrecks below the surface. But I, as I said to you, I, I haven't been to Mediterri in quite some years. The landscape and political structure could have changed. So you watch as the dog, standing by Jasui, is healing his wounds as it does, and you watch as the hole closes in his leg. 19. You look down at this shaggy-looking dog. I'm imagining Wolfhound from, like, Pirates of the Caribbean. Correct me if I'm wrong. And you can see that he's just like sitting next to Jisui loyally. You guys all turn, the four of you, one is a shark popping above the water. And you can see from the back of you a horizon shot of that city in the distance. A red sailed pirate ship slowly banking towards your two dinghies. That's it for this week's episode of D&D Valiant Odyssey. Thanks for tuning in. We would really appreciate and love any support you guys are willing to give us. So if you find us on any podcasting platform that's available to you, give us that five-star review. Make sure you share it to your friends and tell everybody about the fantastic stories that are happening here at the Odyssey. If you want a social space to hang out with some like-minded friends, make sure you check out our Discord and go and follow us on Instagram so you never miss an Odyssey drop. We'll see you next week and be valiant.